Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending January 5th, 2024. I'm Sophie Antal and I'm joined today by my colleague and friend, Bei Chen Lin, Investment Strategy Analyst for Russell Investments. Hi, Bei Chen. How are you? Pretty good. How are you, Sophie? Good. Happy New Year. It's great to see you again. Likewise. Terrific. Well, thank you for joining me. I'm hoping that you can help us refresh our memories a little bit today on how did markets end at the end of last year? Two, what are we expecting in terms of corporate earnings announcements this quarter from Q4? So that that year last year that we've almost all forgotten about. And then lastly, I'd love to get some insight from you on some recent uh, economic data releases in China. Sound good? Sure. Awesome. So maybe start by refreshing our memory on 2023. That, you know, that's so last year. How did markets end last year? You know, it was interesting because for all the predictions of recession and doom and gloom, the markets actually did pretty well. The S&P 500 was up nearly 25% in 2023. So that is a pretty good and healthy rate of return for investors. Now, when you look into the situation, it's interesting to understand why it is that investors might have been so optimistic. Part of it is because when you look at the press conference that Chair Powell gave in December, One of the points he mentioned was that he thinks the Federal Reserve was likely at or near the peak of interest rates. And so investors might have been hopeful. They're thinking, oh, yay, interest rate hikes are finally coming to an end. Maybe we're headed toward that soft landing after all. But one thing I would advise investors to be a little bit careful about is that when you come out of the tunnel and you think that there's light at the end of the tunnel, you want to make sure first that it's sunlight and not the headlights of an oncoming train. In other words, when you think about the various economic risks, right, if you think about the risk of potentially an increase in the unemployment rate, whether we see a situation where company earnings decline and companies have to lay off people and that leads to reduced consumer spending, that potential risk channel still remains. And while we don't think that a recession is necessarily inevitable, we would also say that it's too early to completely discount the recession risk. So from our perspective here at Russell Investments, what we've always recommended investors do is that they should be cautious, they should be disciplined. And so even if we see a bit of a short-term rally, we wouldn't advise investors to chase into that. We think that'd be beneficial for investors to stay close to their strategic asset allocation instead. Terrific. So stay close to my plan in order to avoid oncoming traffic, even if it might just look like it's light at the end of a safe tunnel. Exactly. As you're thinking about sort of, you know, implications of the end of last year, what are you expecting and what are some watch points potentially for you as you're looking at those earnings announcements from Q4 that are going to start coming out here in the next couple of weeks? Well, if you look at the earnings estimates for most analysts, they're expecting earnings to be in low to mid single digits year over year growth, which is not necessarily the best, but is also not necessarily the worst possible outcome. At least right? it's, it's positive. It's, right? At least it's positive, exactly. And the growth rate might be slightly lower than Q3. But for the past few quarters, we've seen this trend where analysts have set their expectations at one growth rate. And then as we get earnings reports from companies in the S&P 500, we see that those companies end up beating those growth estimates, even though there are still a lot of risks that remain. So we're going to be keeping an eye on how many companies beat, which sectors those beats come from. Is it concentrated into one sector? Is it spread out? And then what we're also going to watch for is what are company management saying on those earnings calls, right? If you think about some of the big questions, number one is what are their hiring intentions? 
the key to a soft landing is we want the labor market to slow, but we don't want it to slow too much. And so it'll be important to see what company management says about how many workers they're going to hire. Are they going to on net add workers? Or are they going to continue laying off workers? What that situation is going to be like. And the second channel we're going to watch for is really corporate financing costs, right? Because we know that even if the Fed is at the end of its interest rate hiking cycle, those interest rates at current levels are still pretty restrictive and companies are going to have a more challenging time financing their operations. So it'll be important to hear what management says about that and how the management of these various companies say that they're going to deal with those situations. And then lastly, it's this divergence between large cap companies and small cap companies. So even though for large cap companies in the U.S., earnings growth is expected to be positive in the fourth quarter, for small cap companies, it's actually expected to fall around 10% year over year because smaller companies often have a harder time adapting to higher rates of interest. So it'll be important to see what the company management says about how they're going to respond to those economic and operational challenges. And ultimately, that should give us a better understanding of whether we're going to be headed for a soft landing or whether we're going to be headed for a recession. Okay, so lots to be listening for, exactly. it sounds like, in those earnings announcements. How about, let's let's leave the U.S. for a minute um, and head over to China. There have been some recent economic data releases there. What has caught your eye and what is that making you think for 2024? Well, the data continues to be a bit of a mixed bag, right? So when you look at the PMIs, China has both the official PMIs as well as what they call the Tyson PMIs. The official manufacturing PMI was below 50 for the month of December, and so that meant that the manufacturing sector was still in contractionary territory. When you look at the unofficial Tyson PMIs, it was a little bit better, but it was only slightly above 50, so only in slight expansionary territory. Bottom line from our perspective is we think that the Chinese government is still focused on growth. They're still trying to ensure that they get a decent amount of economic growth, but at the same time, they also don't want to overlever the economy either. And that's why they've been pretty careful with regards to the amount of stimulus they've put in place. So far, they haven't announced yet an official growth target for 2024, although there are some indications that they might set a growth target of around 5% again. But ultimately, we do think that in order for them to hit that growth target in 2024, they're going to need to do more stimulus. Is it necessarily going to be a big bazooka of stimulus? It might not be because, again, they have concerns about potentially over-leveraging the economy, but they will do enough stimulus to get the economy on track. So even though there's been some anxiety and concerns from some investors about the state of the Chinese markets, we would say, you know, investors shouldn't panic at this point. Stay disciplined, stay cautious, stay calm. Okay. So it sounds, again, like stick to your plan and um, and keep that resolve. Terrific. Well, thank you so much, Beichan. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today, but thank you for your insights. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you again soon.